blurred today. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 4, verses 1 through 12. This is good. Look to your neighbor and say, oh, this is real good. This is real good. Like that, like southern, southern barbecue good. This is real good. Like some mustard cue, some vinegar. Okay. Is he making fun of me? No, I don't know that you talk like that in your real voice. I'm just joking around here. I'm, I lived in Nashville half my life, so I have this weird St. Louis-Nashville mixture of an accent. It's weird. I say y'all, but I say you guys. I don't know which to use. Therefore, the writer of Hebrews says, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have had the good news proclaimed to us, just as they did. But the message they heard was of no value to them, because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. Now we have believed, we who have believed entered that rest, just as God had said. So I declared an oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. That's them speaking of what God said. And yet his works have been finished since the creation of the world. Verse 4, for somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in these words. On the seventh day, God rested from all his works. Y'all know the story of creation. On the seventh day, we did the hokey pokey and we took a little nap. That's not how it goes. Verse 5, and again in the passage above, he says, they shall never enter my rest. Therefore, since it still remains for some to enter that rest, and since those who formerly had the good news proclaimed to them did not go in because of their disobedience, God Again, set a certain day, calling it today. This he did when a long time later he spoke through David, as in the passage already quoted, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Now, here we are talking again. He says, today, if you hear it, here's, here's PJ saying it, today, if you hear it, in 2022, do not harden your hearts. You see the message is a little bit re repeated here. It just keeps going. Humanity's so funny. You just got to keep saying it. Verse 8, for if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. Joshua had him work. There remains then a Sabbath rest because of this for the people of God. Let's hold that right there. There's a difference between rest and Sabbath rest. Sabbath rest is for the people of God. Rest, rest is like, I need a nap after church. Verse 10. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his, his on the seventh day. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. Their example. He's comparing here. For the word of God is alive and active. How many believe the word's still alive today? 2022. Bible's still more than paper. It's the living word. Sharper than any two-edged sword, it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit. Joints and marrow, it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The Bible is a mirror. The way it judges the attitudes of the heart is by being a mirror in your life. It's not to make you feel bad. It's because it loves you, it. Jesus loves you. The word of God is Christ in action. Therefore, when the word reveals to you, God loves you and is showing you the difference between flesh and spirit, temporary and eternal, physical and non-physical. My title today is Rest 
or work? Rest or work? Jesus rested on the seventh day, but what did he do the other six? He worked. How many have a job in here? Most people, if you're over the age of eight, you have, no, I'm kidding. That's not here. We don't do that. It's illegal. <laughs> well, we don't tell people, you know. We pay them on it. No, my kids, they get five bucks a neck rub. They got to do 15 minutes or nothing. If they bail early, nothing. And I've built up so much. I, I, they forget, so I forget I owe them. I built up like 30, 40 bucks with them, neck rubs. And then they forget. And then one day they go, Dad, you owe me my money. I said, get it out of the piggy bank. They say, we already did. And it's empty now. <laughs> no, but seriously, like, I'm 43. I'm going on 44. And I, I, I use my own life as, as my example to, to God showing me things. And you should use your life. And, and we use it as illustrative. But I remember a day when life felt simpler. And when life was simpler then, I thought life was not enough. And then, and then, and then I, I grew into more, more dreams, more aspirations. And, and then, you know, like, what's, what's the B-I-G? More money, more problems, more things, more stuff, more accountability, more responsibility. This is getting, like, a lot of pressure. Like, whatever. Like, w- the world teaches you to strap yourself so thin that you eventually can't hold the thing you built, you know? And that's called success. But a lot of people who achieve that success in life, they're not happy. And so what happens is they start looking back to and I'm not saying me, I, I wish I had that problem to figure out if that was actually true. Maybe someday. But I do often think about when our first child was born, our life was different. And we used to, we had our first house, and we call it the Brassel life. And there was this sidewalk, and you walk around the neighborhood, and there was a pond, and, and, and the joy was just walk the baby around the, the neighborhood. That's it. That's all there was to think about. And as life goes on, it gets like we don't even remember to think about those things because you've got so many things going. And so you start, you start thinking about, well, what's better, work or rest? Or how do I balance the two? Or where is the line? My, my, my dad always said the, the, the more you make, the bigger your wanner gets. Wanner. It's grammatically correct. You know, we, we raise our threshold of living standard. And then we build ourselves into a captive world because society says you're winning when God says maybe you're losing. And I'm not saying it's, it's right or wrong. I don't, I don't really know. But I have started questioning that as I've gotten older. I've started valuing things a little different, like one-on-one time with the kids. Before, there was just a baby everywhere I went. It was always diapers in the house, like it didn't matter. I don't, it, was just, it was just the machine operating. But then when you start thinking, these kids are going to turn into teenagers, and then eventually there's going to be no babies left, and then you start thinking about maybe I should, like, look at them and play with them. This, you're all going to love me for this, but I remember my little boy saying, Dad, will you play with me? And I say, oh, we'll, we'll do that in just a little bit. Just a little bit, just a little bit, and eventually he quit asking. Now he don't ask no more because he's making beats. He's a little, you know, Charlie Puth? How many know Charlie Puth? We call him Charlie something else. It sounds like Charlie Puth, but he's got his little, no, he's cool. He's, he, this is Caleb. He's down there, like, making beats and stuff, and he'll still play with me if I ask him, but now, like, he, he don't really want to hold my hand in the parking lot. 
lest I make him tell him it's for his life. And Colton, he's even more rebellious than Caleb about holding my hand. And I said, just, he said, I don't need to hold it. I said, just hold it because I want you to hold it. It's like, just a couple more times. And um, Colton's usually 10 foot behind everybody else dragging. He just won't keep up. But, but you know, I'm starting to pay attention to that. Colton's the one that's always going to get hit by the car because he's 20 feet behind me. When every time I say, get up here, son, you're going to get run over, he's, 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 and the next thing I know, he's 20 feet behind again. Finally, I just gave up and said, he's yours, Lord. Protect him. He's a man now. I've tried everything. Tried violence. I've tried bribery. I've tried love. (laughs) I've tried it all. Nothing works for that kid. So I love him so much, I let the Lord take care of it these days, and that works pretty well. But as I've gotten older, I found myself valuing things in hindsight that previously weren't enough. And they say the grass is greener on the other side. I don't know where I would be without the hand of God on my life and my family's life. And sometimes, though, I've wondered if my fleshly goals and aspirations got in the way of God's goals and aspirations for my life and desired for my life. So maybe y'all can ask yourself that question. The Bible speaks of a rest God took after creation and compares it to a rest we will take when the objective of building the kingdom here on earth is finished. God values rest, but yet God values work. You can't have one without the other. The two work together, and knowing when to pause and take a break is relevant to the output of your work. This is a good conundrum for y'all. Should we work to rest or rest to work? There is something to be said for practical rest in order to achieve Hebrews Sabbath rest. I got an idea. Do we have anybody that's like really good at push-ups? Anybody? Come on, all you. I know. Somebody's got to be good. I know. Kaylee, come on up here. That's my seven-year-old. Come right here in the light. Come to the light. Mary Ann or whatever. That's the wrong movie. We should be talking about that. Poltergeist, not good. Why was I watching that when I was four? I don't know. That's what you did in the 80s. This is my youngest, my second to youngest, goodness, daughter. And don't let her sweetness um, fool you that she is a beast underneath here. And um, she is the strongest one in our house. And when she hits about 12, she will be beating dad in arm wrestling. I can tell you now. But let's, let's show them something. Let's show them. No, let's go this way. Let's go this way. Do, go to do a push-up position. Just hold it, hold it, hold it. Okay, yeah, make sure your form's good. We don't want to sloppy. So right now she's holding. She's kind of resting. Go ahead, go down. Touch your nose. Okay, go back up, hold. Okay, go down, but don't come up. Hold it. Go up. Okay, hold it. Go, no, hold it. Go down. Go up. Now, you notice, you notice a pattern here. She is resting. We call it reps. She's resting in between each push and, and eccentric, decentric. You know, like there's a rest in between because if I never let her rest and she only pushed the whole time, she would collapse really quickly. How you doing, Kills? You doing all right? Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Come up. <laughs> Every time she goes down, there's a pause. Every time she comes up, there's a pause because she cannot keep moving the mechanism forward if she doesn't rest in between the effort. That's why when we exercise, 
Keep holding it. That's why when you exercise, you doing all right? Keep your back up. You're going to hurt your lower back. Don't get sloppy. Come on. Okay, good. Okay, this is, this is our life. And um, so what I'm saying is if she never took a break, she could get going. But, but sometimes she wants to go really quick. Let's see. Just keep going. Go, let's see how many you got left. One. Let's count together. Two, three, four. Do one leg. Do one leg. Five. Do one leg. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Now do a backflip. Just kidding. Good job. She will be passed out on the back row. You need, you need, you need EMT or are you good? Okay, you can go, go back there. She's seven. Y'all better exercise. It's cute. You know she can do on her head too, above her head, military press push-ups? I had to stop her because she just keeps going. I'm like, this is not right. I want my daughter to grow. And she's just like, but we're going to come back to that. But I wanted to show you that because the effort looked like it was all work. But during the duration of her effort, there was small little breaks of rest. So I don't know if you all remember, but when I preached we were moving and we were going to take a break last winter, I didn't know Corona was going to be the break. We, we took them six weeks or whatever. But God rested on the seventh, but that wasn't the end of the world. That was the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth in six days. On the seventh day, he paused. He rested. Now he handed it over to man. And then the ministry began of the world, right? So, so God keeps on working. He talked about Joshua here. Like if Joshua had not made them work, the rest would have never had value and never served a purpose. That's why the two must go together. So the question is how much of each? Because if you get OCD about stuff like me, I just keep going and it becomes my, my hobby. I don't know how to do one versus the other. I have to have someone smack me and say, stop it, dad. Stop doing that. One more email, one more thing. Like we can train it up to where it, it never takes a pause. And that becomes dangerous. That becomes dangerous because even God rested in, 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 on the seventh so that, so that something bigger could be achieved in the long term. So you can win the battle by going really fast and sprinting, but if you don't slow down, the Bible says faith is a marathon, not a, not a race, not, not a sprint. It's, it's, the, it's the marathon race, he calls it, the, the faith race, and that's in Hebrews. When I was a kid, I used to work with my brother, and, and I, I don't like this story because it was always me. But for some reason, at 2 o'clock, I'd always start to slip unconscious in the back. I don't know what, he called me Flippy, Rusty. He called me Flippy. Oh, it's 2 o'clock, watch out, Jeff's going to flip. And I never flipped out, I just needed a nap. Jeffy tired. He was a slave driver, man. The big brother, he just crack a whip, a real whip. Just kidding. Y'all like jokes? Like, is it funny? Like, he wasn't really hitting me that day. Anyway, so, so he called me 2 o'clock. He called me Flippy at 2 o'clock, and my mom had this awesome mouse-infested couch I used to go in and lay in in the back room with a little thin carpet, and you see, like, the mice droppings in the corner. It was so cozy. And I'd go in there and take, I had a 15-minute break. And I'd go in there, and I'd take a 14-minute nap. Because if I was 16 minutes, watch out. 
So, love you, bro. And so him and, him and the other worker, my friend, they go out and they play catch. With This has no relevance to the word. I'm just telling you here, like, this is a situation to tell you why you got to have a break. We took this rock and we duct taped it into a football. We just kept wrapping the rock until it became a football, Rusty. And when you throw a rock like a football, if you don't catch it correctly, someone's getting hurt. And so they go out and play catch with the rock football and see who could who could throw it the hardest across the parking lot, and Jeffy's in there taking his nap at 2 o'clock. And guess what? Yeah, after the 2 o'clock, i got to have Folgers get my second win. There wasn't even air conditioner in that place. It was hot as Hades up in there. I, I, sweat, I sweat some calories off, and that was a good thing back then. I could use that now. But what I'm saying is my, my, my ability to function had to have a break. We all got to have a break to function, but the day keeps going. We don't leave the field and retire for God. We take a break. We get back in there. That's why we call it the holidays. The world wants to make all year the holidays. And I'm sure Michelle would love that with Hallmark and all. But if every day was the holidays, nothing would be of value when the tree went up. You know the people who never take their lights down. They're just there all year. Is that exciting in March? No. Nobody wants to see in March because they need a break. It's got to be a break because the value is in the give and flow of the break versus the work, and they both hold value together. God did not avoid work. All y'all looking for rest, I'm just waiting for God to call me and give me rest. God gave you rest. You're, you're, you're sitting. Like, now get up and do something for the Lord. Like, when will we work for God so that we can find Sabbath rest? That's a different kind of rest. I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. God did not avoid work, but he did rest when work was complete. Culture, this is good. If you're going to write something down, you might want to write this one down. Culture teaches us to be a slave to work. God teaches us to be a servant to kingdom work. And there's a big difference. Jesus was a servant, but not a slave. A slave is like has no, has no say in the matter, has no choice. God says, we want you to serve. We want you to work for the kingdom. We want you to be a servant, but you choose. I'm not going to make you do it. The world teaches us with our overnight gimmicks and overnight get-rich schemes and all these things. What they're really saying is, here's how you become a slave to the system of work. And so if you don't recognize the, necess- the necessity during the rep of work to pause, you will collapse in the process. But serving God is similar, but we gain Sabbath rest instead. Sabbath rest. Hard work, material hard work, can create an environment of accountability that you can't get away from. You got to have a way to take a break. That's why Jesus says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light, because you've got to have a way to lift that heavy law off of you. That's why the law did not work. That's why the law doesn't work. That's why the new contract, we call it covenant, testament, came, because the truth didn't change, but Jesus had to find a way that humanity could hang with him, because Jesus is fast. He's got a big pace. I mean, he's God. So if he didn't come away to accommodate man, man could not do it alone. So only can you find Sabbath rest through God like that. The Hebrews writer is comparing the focus of those who work in the text here and why they do it. 
Are you waiting on the things of God today? My question is, when do you work for God? I know that sounds like, um, I'm going to touch on this, make sure I say this right. Your faith isn't based on how hard you work. Some of y'all trying to earn it. Some of y'all still trying to earn your faithfulness. Me and my dad just talked about this. Our faithfulness is not in our abilities. It's that God is enough. That's what the faith is in. Your works will never, will never produce the faith that God finally says you're in. That's not how it works. And as long as you hold a standard over your own head that disagrees with the Bible and says that your efforts are really where the value is, you will never succeed. Because guess what? You're following the law. You really are. And so I want to encourage somebody today that, that James says faith without works is dead. That means our works demonstrate our faith, but we are not saved by our works. Our works are not what, what make us faithful. What makes us faithful is knowing that God is the one who is faithful. God is the one who, who is his promise. He doesn't, he doesn't get tempted and jump off the mountain like we do. He stays on the mountain even when we run away. He gives when we don't. No matter what, he is faithful, and that's why we have faith in him. So when you have that revelation, I'm stealing this from my dad. I'm good with it. When you have that revelation, you can release the handcuffs off yourself because we walk around shackled going, well, I'm just not good enough still. You're calling the Bible untruthful then because you're not listening to the word. You're listening to the lies of the enemy tell you that you're sufficient in yourself, and that is not the Bible. Only strength you have, Paul says, is in him. And you must die to flesh and be weak in the flesh for you to find strength in Christ. And as long as you still think you're strong enough to do it, without him, you will fail. Every time. Can I get an amen, somebody? I just need to take a breath because I was preaching so hard there. That's a good preacher move. Can I get an amen? Just kidding. I really, I really meant it, though. God wants you to work, but your work is not getting you into heaven. That's not what it's about. When do you work for God? We can't even get people to bring canned food to church. They think they're working? Not y'all. I know y'all brought like some SpaghettiOs. That's great. I'm just saying principally, like people don't even have time to remember the most simple thing. Like what are we doing? Are we wearing the name? This is simple. Jesus says, if you can't do a little bit with a little, you can't do a lot with much. Like, like baby steps. How can I sprint with the movement of the kingdom if I've never jogged? How can I do 10 if I've never done one on my knees? She started on her knees first. Chloe's working on it. We, we, we push the kids to try stuff because if they never feel discomfort, they never know how to adjust when life hits them. You know something I used to do that probably, I don't know, somebody might say it's child abuse. It's not child abuse. 2022, you can't even, like, buy a diaper anymore. It's not safe. You got to, like, make your own diapers. You know what I used to do when my kids were almost ready to crawl? This, this is good. This is really good. Y'all going to try this, I know, when you have the next kid. I put them on the steps. I'm behind them. You know when they're trying to crawl up the steps? I never let them go because I'm a very protective daddy. But what I do is they get on the steps and they start to go, and I take their little foot, and I pull their leg. And I make them, whoa, what's going on? I never let them fall. I let them feel, though, the obstacle. It's like climbing the wall. Guess what? My kids are so fast at zipping up them steps 
because they had to feel. I saw another cool video. They showed a kid hanging on like a, a rail in his kitchen. And the, kid, the, the dad was right there, and he was just letting him hang on this bar. Because as long as the dad was holding him, the kid couldn't feel what it was like to adjust under the pressure. I'm not saying do that to little babies. But it was very interesting because until they feel something, they can't adjust. And so we've always done that, and uh, we do like, you know, we do little exercises at home just for fun, but Kaylee happens to be very competitive and whips her brothers, and that's just the way it is. And so she likes to do push-ups, and she likes to do the splits and put her body in funny positions that I don't like, that don't look right and don't seem like the spine can handle, but she thinks it's good to stick her head behind her feet and do all this, like, pretzel Gumby moves. And, and I said, I don't want Gumby. I got, I got Kaylee. Anybody else got flexible children who like to do gymnastics in their house and scare, scare the parents to death? Amen to that. That's the devil. <laughs> One time she got so far, I'm like, your spine is going to snap. You, I'm going to put a piece of tape on you. I'm going to put a piece of tape on you. And the feet go, can't go past the tape. If they go past the tape, I'm, I don't want to pay the bill. When you find out you really weren't able to do it as far as you think. Real talk in the G house. Rest is defined based on the cultural definition. So when we follow the, the cultural way of resting, we stay in the wilderness. Because we, we really are taught to pursue the, the things of the world. And it never really think, brings fulfillment. So when we keep pursuing the things of the world, we never find fulfillment. So then when we take a break, we still feel tired when we start again. You ever had that feeling? You still stay tired are you resting or working? God is saying, I am building something to complete through you. I am building something. Look to your neighbor, put brackets around their head, and say, to complete through you, insert your name here. Yes, you. God is saying that about you. Not about us, about you. A proper noun, your name, Mike Sebastian. God is building something to complete through Mike Sebastian. And God planned that before the heavens were even finished in that first week of creation. Isn't that good? Because God is building a rest that is bigger than the rest you know. It's bigger than that. It's bigger. Watch this. Watch this. Where is it? Verse 9. He says, there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. There's a rest bigger than the nap we're thinking about today. I know it's rainy and the nap, the nap and the rain work together. It's like a natural spot clock. There's a real rest God is talking about at the end of kingdom completion. Go, oh, kids. We're going to make a move. We're kicking them out soon to their side of the building. The Sabbath rest for the people of God are for those who labor and work in God's kingdom. Because remember, there is no rest without work. She wouldn't need to take a break if she wasn't doing work. Jesus did, God did work six days before he rested on the seventh. When I was younger, I used to go to church. That's good. And um, started somewhere. And I'd, I'd have, I was pretty good about going, but we'd have the, the, like the most like kind of pathetic reasons why we didn't go on a Sunday. You know, I don't know, we're up too late. And I'm not saying it's pathetic. I know it's serious. Y'all had your reasons. I'm just saying like back then, when I look back, I realize it, it, it was really just because I didn't understand purpose. And, and, and we, would, we would find a reason 
not to go. And, and, and I was pretty good because I had a purpose to go. I played the guitar, so I was, I was committed to my purpose. And once I found out I had a purpose in the church, I was committed to being there. I was no longer a spectator. I was the thing. When that light bulb went off, my commitment changed. And we used to have this bass player. Sorry, I think the bass players are actually out today. Go figure. <laughs> the bass player at this church had like a uh, 30% show rate on the days he was scheduled and like a 70% uh, I got my. I heard something during the week. I got hurt, and something this, and something that, and, and just like it's always something. And I, I, I was always the, like the transparent one. I said, "Why? Why is he on the team? Like, like he can't. We can't ever. We gotta call him to, to remind him on Sunday morning. Like this. This guy was able to be a father, but he can't remember how to show up on church. Like I think something's wrong here. They didn't like me for that. Hence, I started my own church. And and so like you know, like I had to get real with people because I was t- tired of playing the game. I want. I want. I want to see real fruit from real work. And God says, I want real laborers in my field. And as long as we keep saying we're building the field, but we're really standing around just wearing the hat, nothing's happening. You ever been around that? The dream team. What's the dream team building? Nothing. What's the dream team dreaming about? Nothing. Well, then what are we doing? There's no rest without work. And so anyway, long story short, the, the bass player, he eventually like kind of improved. But it was like this never anything, And I just wanted to shake him sometime, like with the, the shaking app. And say, man, what are you doing? Why are you here? You got a purpose. Why are you here? Like you're here for a reason. You don't even know why you're here. It was sad to watch. Happens all the time. We have, we have the most, I don't want to say, you can insert your own adjectives. We have the most sincere reasons why we just put God last in everything we do. But I'm telling you, church, if you get in the field and you really grind it out for the kingdom, there is a different kind of joy in this. There's a different kind of joy in this. You can clap for that. I'm not saying you should do this, but I was bleeding all over two days ago up here. The, the worker said, you need a Band-Aid? I said, yes, I do. I got a problem with box cutters. I always have. Anyway, like, but, you know, that's a good memory. I said, I was sweating for the Lord. We got to do it. Somebody's got to do it. If nobody does it, we become the church in Revelations. You remember that church? I hate to tell you, folks, that's America. That's why we're starting this thing, to shake this up and get the life back. It's bigger than that. Taking a break is good, but God's Sabbath rest is bigger than that. That's about completion after the labor. It's kingdom completeness. God says when we labor in his field, we will find complete peace. That is Sabbath rest. Sabbath rest is for eternity. That's a rest that brings peace, completeness, fulfillment. It's through purpose that we discover what Sabbath rest means in our life. And if you're not there yet, that's okay. That's why you came to church to learn. You have a bigger picture than just sitting on the seat. You are supposed to be part of the field and build this thing. It's bigger than that. So good. Here's something else good. This is really good. Your pace is not their pace. I used to, me and my brother used to fight all the time because his pace was on one level and my pace was on another. And if I couldn't keep up with him, he just thought I wasn't doing, working hard. And he, like this one time, this is really funny. When I was real little, I was little, you know, chunky. And, and my dad fell through the clubhouse. Y'all remember that? And my brother was like Superman. And I was like little chubby Jeff. And, 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 and my brother in his underwear, can I say that, sprinted across the neighborhood because my dad had fallen. He was so scared for my dad, he sprinted in his underwear. Come on, people, it's funny. 
Red briefs. That's right, I said it, bro. <laughs> and I remember running after him like, <sighs> I was about 10. I couldn't keep up. He said, come on, man. Your dad's falling. I said, I'm trying. Can't breathe, bro. Not athletic like you. He was like 17. I was like 10. But he thought I wasn't trying. And then, I, then, then, then guess what? I started picking up them habits later in life and, and, and telling my kids and, and, and ju judging people based on pace. And I, God says, their pace is not your pace. If you never jog, you'll never sprint. If you never walk, you'll never jog. And if you never crawl, you'll never walk. And if you never stand, you'll never crawl. God raises your pace through process. Your threshold now, I bet, is a lot different than 10 years ago with your kids. I bet when baby number one came, oh, my Lord, it's just the most stressful thing. Oh, they went to the diaper. Oh, they cried. Oh, my God, call the, call the 911. But by five, you're like, if they're not bleeding, they're okay. They're made of rubber. Am I wrong? You get more resilient through the process, right? Right? You get more focused through the process because God changes your pace through the process. It's the same with kingdom work. It's the same with kingdom commitment. It don't start that way. It starts with a step. You step, I step. In over 10 years, God will change you into something you said you thought you never could be. Amen for that. I'm preaching today. I'm going to get yelled at about this clock. His work creates our rest. His work is what creates our Sabbath rest. We are seeking the Sabbath on the seventh day. That is when it's all over, folks. That's the kind of rest we're seeking. We're going to take a cat nap in the world, but we're seeking the Sabbath rest when it's all complete. So what do we do to seek rest? We work. We work for the kingdom. And guess what? It's not always fun. It don't always feel good, but there is something in it that you can sleep at night going, I gave it everything God called me to give. That is how he wants you to leave it on the table with your life. Leave it on the table, everything. His work creates, creates rest. Your efforts aren't in vain. They are intended to be and will be rewarded in the Sabbath rest of eternity. When you can't stay awake, just get up and do some jumping jacks for Jesus. Hey, let's, let's stand up for a minute. Let's just stand up for closing. How about that? And while we're standing, you know, can we do like a little, little step, like a little jog in our nice boots? Don't fall. Don't get hurt, nobody. Just a little, this is kind of, I'm not going to say jumping jacks. Somebody gets smacked in the head. <laughs> Down goes Chloe. You know, like, it starts with a jog, right? You got to get the blood moving for the kingdom. You can't feel that until you get the blood flowing for the kingdom. That's the spirit of God. When the spirit of God touches you, you start feeling the power of God flow through you. But I want to tell you something cool about this whole stand to crawl, to walk, to jog, to sprint. Kales, are you still in here? Or did you go take a nap? Yeah, you little girl, that's you. You're the only one. Come up here, babe. I'm going to bring Kaylee back up. Give it up for round two. Jesus wants you to depend on him 
to grow your pace in your plow. And before you know it, you'll be going from a push mower for Jesus to a nice John Deere with a nice zero turn radius. You'll be cutting for fun. It's so much fun. Putting on your, your AirPods and you're just zipping through the fields of God because you've got power by the Spirit. Anyway, let me move this. Can you all see her? She's only two foot tall. Every time we do go-karts, I think I'm tall enough, Dad. I'm like, no, you're not. Don't even walk up to the sign yet. See, y'all don't know. Y'all don't know. Go ahead. Y'all don't know that for her adolescent life, every trip to the, to the bed was like this. Up the stairs, down the stairs. I was careful. Don't let go. I do that. I said, don't let go. I mean, from old enough to baby have, to have a piggyback, don't let go. You know, I'd even do a little of this here and there. Never would I hold her legs. I mean, sometimes. I, mean, I love her. But if she really struggles, she Dad, I'm going to fall. I said, no, you're not. You're not going to fall. Come on. You're going to fall. Now grab tighter. You're, like right now, you're going to fall. Grab tighter. You doing all right? Don't fall this one time now that people are looking. You know what I'm doing? You know what your father does? He conditions you. He conditions you through repetition. And don't pull my pants down in front of all these people. He conditions you. <laughs> Let me suck my gut in. Don't, no, no, you're going to fall for real. Get on, get on top. Get on top. See, every once in a while, I got to lean forward and lift that yoke. Every once in a while, and lift these skinny pants. And, and every once in a while. But what happens is, one day we just found her on the third shelf of the pantry. Because she, she monkey crawled. You're going to slip. Grab my neck. Grab my neck. Choke, choke me. Choke me. That's better. It'll make me feel better. Just clasp your hands. Very cool. This is how they went to bed. This is our piggyback rides. Up the stairs. Now that Here, go ahead. Get down. Go ahead. Get down. Okay. Go ahead. Give it up for kills. They're getting heavier. Chloe's still like, can I have a turn? She's 5'3". Um, but I'm serious, y'all. We would do that. Every time it was bedtime, they'd go stand on the end of the sectional. I'd walk over, they'd jump on, and then I'd walk to the room. And then sometimes I'd go down the step just to see their tolerance was conditioning them. And so then they, they, they kind of grow a love for the effort. Now, we don't ever take a, we take a break. We have fun. We do cool stuff. But we never stop conditioning the child. And so God is the same thing. He, he wants to condition you in your walk by always being there to help you. But you always got to feel it a little bit. If you never feel it, if you never feel the tension, if you never like, start to slip a little bit and have to figure out how to hold, like you'll never know what it feels like to grow. And so that's what God does. He puts you in the season so you can know how to grow into the next. And if I didn't get all the gray's hair for one, for one season, like I'd be like, God, you know, church should just go perfect the first season. He's like, no, the way you grow into the next and how you sustain the next is by you having to deal with the current. And until you do that with excellence, I won't promote you to the next. I exhaust my current season with excellence in everything I do. That is the vision of God over your life, that you exhaust it with excellence. Excellence. So somebody needs to stand today. Somebody needs to crawl today. Somebody's ready to jog today, and somebody's been waiting to sprint. It's a different pace for everybody, but when we do it together, the mission goes forward. A moving church is a growing church. A watching church is a dead church. This is not a show. This is not a TV show. You get your popcorn. We have somebody bring the popcorn to church one. It was like, what's wrong with this? They're bringing popcorn to church. This is not a movie theater. Well, it was a movie theater. 
That's true. Okay. It was a movie theater, and they even had the big gulp. We're like, we're like, they don't know that this is not a show. They don't know that lives have been died on the cross for this thing we're doing here. They don't know that. So when they feel that, they'll go, man, this is bigger than this. I want in on that. And that is how the church succeeds in 2022. That's the only way the church succeeds in 2022. We can fill the house with people, but if we ain't got no mission, we're dead anyway. We got to have the truth, y'all. And that's what we're doing. We need y'all in the field. We're working towards the Sabbath rest of eternity. That is kingdom completeness. Let's all bow our heads and lift a hand to the heavens as we pray now and we go into worship. God, thank you for this last day of November. Take us into December with fervent hearts of fire to move your church into 2023, to be generous with everything you've given us, to be full of gratitude, to give with gratitude. We're not losing, we're gaining. We're giving into your field. We're making the soil ripe when we pour in. We're going to do it with our tithing, with our, with our, with our serving, with our loving, with our, with, our, with our prayers, with everything we got, we give it all to you because it's yours anyway. And when we do that, we will see one seat church explode in the community in 2023. That's all it takes. That's what God's waiting on. God is waiting on the people to move the church forward. And if the house of God could say, in Jesus' name, everybody say, amen.